BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Guess you better tune in, cause we live from Chicago. Bilal Muhammad, that's the king of the tweets. Jason Anik looks like John, step his hands to his feet. Every Thursday, we gon' give you a treat. It's Remember the Show, hit play and repeat. Uh. And retweet, and retweet, and retweet, and retweet. It's Remember the Show, hit play and repeat. Uh. What is up? Thursday, March 9th, 2023, episode 93, Remember the Show. As always, we're presented by the Anakin Florian Podcast Network. That's my guy, as you know, the star of the program, Bilal Muhammad, going to be fighting for the welterweight belt soon. My name is Jason Anik. Appreciate you all being with us. A little afternoon tickle for us today. Got your first training session in. How you feeling, man? Good, good. Just got back now. Um, you know, today is grappling day. Nacho's getting on point right now. He's getting to that point where... Yesterday was sparring day, and you know he's in fight shape already. And then when Nacho's in striking fight shape, it's like I don't want to spar with him. I was like, I want to stay away from him. He starts getting mean, you know. Yeah, uh, and you had a little. I, I he gave you a little cut at some point back in the day at a, not necessarily an opportune time, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's he, you know, he's one of those guys where I tell people I'm like, man, like he's one of the best strikers that I've ever gone with. And me and Horacio will be like outside the cage. I'm like, I'm like, you go with him two rounds. I'll go with him. <laughs> no, 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 you go with him. You go with him. I'm tired today. And I was like, bro, no, you do it. So we're, we're like picking back and forth. Like even Gerald, when Gerald was down here, like I'm like happy when those guys are down here because they could take some of that uh, burden off my back. But now yeah. Horacio's hurt. Gerald's in Florida. So now I got to give Nacho three spar- hard sparring rounds. And I'm like, all right, today's grappling day. I'm about to kill you in grappling. Yeah, Nacho. right. <laughs> I love it. All right, we're going to get right into it. Five quick topics for you. Love doing it during the day, right? I don't have my light around my camera, Cody. It's just a piece of cake. Nothing plugged in. Anyway, so we don't always go back and look at the previous week's cards on this show, but today we're going to do it. So John Jones, 
uh, the greatest of all time. I guess hard to argue at this point. I don't love the goat talk, but you know, makes easy work of Cyril gone two minutes and change into round one guillotine choke. I said that guillotine like this thing <laughs> yeah. with the L's. I love it. Um, I'm fascinated to hear your breakdown. I will say GM three, who was on our program last week and he was talking about the wrestling strength of John Jones, just of all the years of wrestling. And he really shifted my perspective a lot and talked about sort of the body and how he looked physically just being irrelevant. You know, we're not all going to look like a rock like Bala Muhammad when, when the shirt comes <laughs> off, you know, but, but, and I, th and I was fascinated by that. So it really sort of changed my perspective going into it. Certainly uh, Jones claims, you know, he's got all the strengths in the world to dominate 300 pound men, this, there and everywhere. So anyway, huge main event. What a night Jones, the goat. Yeah. I mean, he came out there and he did basically what we thought was going to happen. If it, if it hit the ground, a lot of people are like, oh, how's the standing going to look? How is his, uh, how fast is he going to do? When he walked in and he did that cartwheel, I'm like, bro, that's a fat cartwheel right there. <laughs> he looked very athletic. I was like, oh, he still got it. And <laughs> even with his stand-up, like he was putting pressure in right away. Very good movement. He he didn't hit a spin, but like he showed a spin. So um, I think he got comfortable right away. Then once it hit the ground, I think, like you said, there's levels to it. And I posted yesterday and I'm like, people were like, oh, well, Gage should have done more wrestling during his camp. And you're not going to get better in wrestling in one camp. It, that's what outside of camp. And I had no fight ahead of me. All I'm doing is wrestling. That's all, that's all he should be doing. I don't have no fight in the books right now. We just had a wrestling practice. And I think that's the difference between guys that, you know, they're honest with themselves. You got out grappled by Frank Ngannou. You should have been doing nothing right. but wrestling your last two or three fights. I don't even care if you're going against Taito Avasa. You still should have been wrestling that whole camp. It shouldn't have just been like, well, I'm, I got tie tie, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go against. He's not gonna shoot on me, so all I can do is strike, and yep. I'll take take my part. I'm going against John. Oh crap! Now I should do a little bit more wrestling. That's not the case. That's not what it what it, a fighter should be doing. If you want to be a champion, if you want to get at that level, you have to be good everywhere. And I think Gain showed that you know maybe he was honest when he said I only train when I have fights. Right? I, it took yeah. the words out of my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, bro, like you're at the highest level right now and you're, you're going against the toughest guys in the world. Now, you know what it feels, you know what it feels like to get dominated on the ground twice. Now, if that doesn't change your mind and make you think, Oh, I'm going to go take a beep up on the offer and go to Dagestan. I don't know what will. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, I mean, Jones, that guillotine looked tight. I know a lot of people are like, Oh, he tapped early, but we grappled the next day. And, uh, while I was out there in Vegas and Hector Vasquez, who coaches a lot of the uh, fighters in jiu-jitsu, he's like, Broke down the choke to all of us. It was like me, Islam, Luke was there, and it was cool. And he broke it down to how he got it and how he just sat on his neck. So there's a lot of pressure on his neck with that choke, especially with a guy like Jones who knows how to use his weight and that extra 250 pounds all sitting on your neck. I understand why I got tapped out so quickly, but you put yourself in that situation because you weren't training those situations. Like you should be in bad positioning this whole camp. You should have been like, let me get up properly without doing this, this, and this because. Jones is so good everywhere. And I just don't think he had that mindset when he was training. You know, I'm, I'm certainly happy for John Jones. And, and I, I said last week, like three years away, I don't remember every minute of every fight like Bilal. So for me, it's really nice to see this guy in the octagon again, and certainly just great for this sport. There's been this sport just, it's like, we always talk about, you know, it's like Francis and Gano. It's like, what? Like, yeah, like I'm, I'm really like, I feel for Eric Nixick, our boy, you know what I mean? Like I, and don't get me wrong. I'm sure the boxing money will come for that camp, but I couldn't help, but just wanting Eric Nixick to be in the building for that UFC moment. You know what I mean? For, you know, and have it be in Ganu, regardless of all the other components, you know? So I don't know. It is what it is. I would have loved to see Nixick and Ganu in that 
be on the in the blue corner. Yeah, and that's obviously the the biggest fight that I think could have been made. I'm not saying the fight would have went any differently, but that was the fight. Like when you're when people talk about boxing and now how we're getting like Javante Davis and uh, what's called it right now. Those are like the biggest names going right now. People want to see the biggest fights. The biggest name was Francis. The biggest name was John Jones. That's who John Jones said, you know, I'm coming up to heavyweight and I want to beat the baddest man. The baddest man was Francis. He beat Gain. But like I said, Francis is not there. Jones went out there and he beat Gain way better than Francis did. And I know it's not MMA math, but like Francis went in there with an injury. People can say all of that, but like Jones went in there and did what he had to do. And he dominated a guy that's never been really dominated ever. It's a great point. And, and I have to say, I mean, I think this heavyweight division has a lot of depth and I think there are a lot of interesting matchups for John Jones and not to take anything away from Jones, but it's, you get Cyril gone, who I think Jones sort of broke down as being somewhat limited before the fight. And then you're going to get 40 year old Stipe with all due respect. Um, and look, I'm not, you know, maybe Stipe win. I, I respect Stipe maybe, but, but to me, it's like, I, I think there are some matchups even a little lower down that could be very interesting and very challenging for John Jones. Curtis Blazer was like sitting right behind me. I'm like, bro, you need to get up there, tweet. Right? Have to, have to pedestal do it something. And he's like, oh yeah, you know, I got my fight. I'm like, bro, still tweet out. Like, that's that's a, I think one of the most dangerous matchups for absolute Jones. His wrestling is so good. He's fast on the feet. He only loses the guys with one punch knockout power. And I mean, DC already said it. Like Jones really doesn't knock guys out with one punch. He breaks you down. He breaks you down with elbows. He caught DC with a head kick. So. Uh, Blades, he's good enough to keep up with the wrestling. He's good enough to keep up with the grappling and the scrambling. And his footwork and his feet on the feet, his stand-up is great too. So I think that's one of the most dangerous matchups. you got to get past the freak end. The powerhouse in Pavlovich, uh, and right. Pavlovich does have that once-punch knockout power where Blades usually falls short. But uh, if he gets past them, I think that that's the fight to make. What's up, uh, Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis are fighting this weekend, um, which is which – wasn't even on anybody's radar because now Jake Paul and Floyd Mayweather were going at it in uh, Miami after a basketball game, huh? What did you think about that, Bilal? It's funny. I'm sitting there looking at people like, bro, people are like, oh, man, what a coward. He ran away. I, I'm like 90% of the people were run away. Did you see the video, Jason? No idea what you guys are talking about, but I it's, love it. Uh, Mayweather and his crew, literally like 15 dudes were outside at the Miami Heat game, and they're all like talking trash to Jake Paul. Like, oh, yeah, let's go. And then one of the guys starts shouting out like, yeah, hit him, hit him. And then, like, the guys are, like, walking up on him. And then he, like, takes off running. And then, like, fans on Twitter and stuff are like, oh, what a coward. He ran. He ran. I'm like, bro, there's 50 dudes in front of you. Just because you're a fighter and you know how to fight doesn't mean you should fight 15 dudes. And especially for a guy like Jake Paul where there's a lot of people that hate him. And now in the social media era, people are waiting for that moment to, to go viral and post, uh, Let me look at me kicking Jake Paul in the head. Yeah, ha, ha, ha. Like, people are just so stupid. Right here. Well, and I will say, I mean, I've, I mean, I've been jumped before by three people. I didn't get a scratch on me. So the three, I don't know what you're doing, but no, nobody's sitting around wanting to get jumped by Floyd. Floyd's going to be like, call Voltron. And he's going to assemble, you know, six of his biggest dudes out there. I, I don't think Jake Paul did the wrong thing. And also it kind of fits his persona, right? Like that, um, before the Fury fight, when he was like, ha ha, he's just like, I just imagine him doing that laugh as he's running away. Like, <laughs> like, <they got> you. <laughs> yeah but like exactly but i'm sitting there looking at it like people are like even it doesn't even have to be floyd security guards that are gonna hit him it's the regular fans that are out there that are looking at like oh let me let me choke uh, floyd that i'm on his side i want to be floyd's boy 
and they're just waiting for that one moment. You never know what somebody has on him nowadays. People have weapons all the time, and I'm like, him and running he away. Yeah, he, he he got money. He gets paid to to fight people. You get hate all you want, but he's still laughing himself to the bank. And now he's laughing himself to the bank healthy instead of with a viral video of him getting jumped, beat up. Some guy like posted like, oh, I got jumped before. I, all I had was a broken overall bone. It was fun. I'm like, bro, broken overall bone isn't fun. I don't know what, like, why is that fun well, to you? And, you know, I don't know if Colby Covington saw George Mosfidal coming, but he would have preferred was that Ron, right? Steakhouse? Steakhouse? Was that Poppy exactly. Steakhouse? <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I would have rather run than take that hit and broke my tooth or something like that. Or like I said, it's, there's a difference when you're in the cage and you're fighting and you're professional and you know, there's, you're getting paid actual money for it. But if you're on the street, there's no need to fight. There's no need to, to do that. And especially when it's 10 to one, like, like why? Well, we, exactly. we jab at Kobe. Sure. But do you think Kobe wanted to spend the last 18 months, not fighting, not earning money? Like, Obviously not. He didn't want to do that. So I don't you know, know, man. I, mean, I don't know, man. Honestly, well, like what, I don't you, know. It's a, it's a convenient way not to fight Bilal Muhammad. Obviously, and then That's you got you know the the Shavkat out here trying to skip the line. Like get in line, buddy. I don't know who you think you fought, but nobody <laughs> yeah, wants. Nobody he, wants to, can, you know, just send Shavkat. Just need to send Bully one of those hats. Okay, start there. I, Just give Bully one of them hats. Let him wear it around. That's all the conversation. I was looking at it. I was like, dang, I, want, I should go ask you for one of those. Man. It right? was, it's cool. Like, like, I know it's coaching and stuff. Like I said, it was people were coming at it. I was like, bro, what do you think of it? I was like, dude, it was a great fight. He looked good out there. It was obviously to be 17-0 with 17 finishes is nuts. And uh, it was definitely a dominant. It, it wasn't a dominant win like he was used to. I think it was kind of like the – the Jeff Neal, I mean, uh, Gilbert Burns against Hamza, where now he's finally tested by somebody, and yep. we saw what he was made of. On the other end, Jeff Neal did come in four pounds overweight. He wasn't the same Jeff Neal in the great shape, but Jeff Neal was catching him. And I think that we learned a lot from it. We learned that he's tough. He does have a chin, but also that, you know, you stay in the pocket too much, and you're brawling it out with a guy that does have knockout power. It comes to fight IQ and just being smarter with it. And Jeff did, did a really good job of defending his takedowns, wrestling off that choke at the end was nasty to, to get him on the feet, to get him down on there. But yeah, man, we got the title fight next week. I'm yep. very interested to see what, what happens with the UFC and how it plays off. I think we'll get a lot of questions answered next week with what's going on. Like I said, so, we, we've asked to be the, the backup. They didn't give it to us. So I'm wondering if there's going to be a backup if there, if Kobe comes out of hiding and maybe that's, that's it is, but it like none of it really makes sense to me, but I think we'll, we'll know next week what happens. Like, if Usman wins, I don't think there's anything in front of him but me. He's ready to be in Gilbert. He's ready to be in Kobe twice, uh, Masvidal twice. Like, there's no, there's no other way of spinning a story where you can do somebody else besides me. And I'm yep. interested to say how the UFC spins it or how they want to do it. But, like, that's the fight to make. So, Cody, if you don't mind, we'll hop to topic four and talk about this London. So, so Bully, today's Thursday. My brother John is flying out of Florida on Tuesday, right? So we're only a few days away, right? So so, so let's just assume for now that you're going to be in Chicago watching yeah. this fight, right? So so what's, what are your emotions like? Are you excited to watch? Clearly, I, your points are very well taken on how the fight could play out, you know, for you. But are, like, are you excited? You, I assume you'll be with your brothers. I mean, are your emotions – where are they at for this? I mean – Obviously, I would. I'm excited to see it. I'm finally. I'm like just happy for it to be over with, so we could see what's gonna happen. Like I, I'm realistic, and I understand how the the game's gonna work, and I like I could see it in front of me how it's gonna play out. 
And for me, it's like if Leon wins, I could see that fight not happening. And I could see them, oh, well, he hasn't fought Kobe, he hasn't fought Gilbert, he hasn't fought Masvidal. And they're going to try to spin it to one of those fights. But I, if Usman wins, I'm going to be the happiest guy in the world because I don't think yep. there's anybody ahead of me. And I want that to be the the case. Like, I don't, I could care less who wins. I wanted to be the guy to, to beat Usman, but Leon already did that. I want to be the guy to beat Leon. But I know that if Leon wins, it's going to be spent in another direction because he hasn't fought everybody. Usman has already fought and all the other guys. I'm still the only guy that really deserves it. I'm the only guy in the top five and the top 10 that's beaten three top 10 guys in the division already. None of these other guys doing it. Even Usman has to be in the top 10, uh, three top 10 guys. He's being Gilbert and he's being Kobe. And when he beat Leon, Leon wasn't ranked top 10. So Masvidal wasn't ranked top 10. And I'm the only guy in the division right now that has three top 10 wins. So it doesn't really make any sense why I'm not there, why I'm not sitting on the scale when I asked to be on the scale. But like I said, we'll see what happens. I just think it's their way of trying to spin it off. But I mean, I'm cheering for Usman here. Calling all operatives. From now to March 30th, MGM National Harbor invokes your skills to play Covert Cash, a spy-themed kiosk game series where classified missions, hidden rewards, and daily thrills await. Sign up for MGM Rewards to play and unlock up to $25,000 in hidden free play daily and entries into our grand escape car drawing on March 30th. Visit MGMNationalHarbor.com slash Covert Cash to begin your mission. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. I get it. Well, and Usman finish, right? I mean, if Usman goes out there and finishes Leon, there's no question. There's no rematch this, rematch that. Not that, you know, anybody could really spin losing 24 minutes of a fight and winning in the last, you know, minute to be really rematch worthy. But, I mean, an Usman finish, I think, really clears the lane for you. And, you know, for the record, uh, you know, I did talk to our friend John Morgan over at the UG, you know, the legend in the blue shirt. And he's got Bilal Muhammad above, you know, Hamza Chemaev in the welterweight rankings and from all accounts, Hamzad is not at 170. So the fact that he's even ranked still at 170 is kind of bothersome as well. Yeah, those little things are what's annoying. It's like, yo, you, all right, you guys keep saying Hamza's going to 85, moving middleweight. So take him out of the rankings. Kobe shouldn't be ranked above me when Kobe's last win is the guy who's number 12 right now, Masvidal. The only guy that's winning right now, I should be the one that's number two. I should be right under Usman. And I'm okay with being right under Usman. But uh, yeah, like... When you put that up there, when you put me right there, then it they're for, it forces their hand to give me the next title shot. So that's why it makes me think like, all right, well, let's see how they're going to play it off. Because the way I'm looking at it is like, if Leon wins, we're definitely going to get screwed on the back end. But like I said, we're going to keep beating these guys, everybody they put in front of us. And if I have to go through every single guy ahead of me, once I do get the title, it's like, all right, well, yeah. I'm going to have rematches with everybody. Or I can skip the line. I'm like, you know what, now I'm going to go to middleweight and be a double champ because I already beat everybody ranked in uh, the welterweight division. Loud and clear. And for me, I just can't get out of my head that I, I still think the opera, the, the idea that, that there would be other guys above you to sort of face Leon. I still can't accept that on any level, you know, that they haven't fought him before. Well, neither have you in my, you know what I mean? Neither exactly, have you, yeah. you know what I mean? Piotr Jan, you know, Aljo got another chance from the DQ. You know what I mean? The, the DQ basically the well, fight didn't happen, you know, and go night ahead. Night and day, different circumstance with the way that that fight, like, you can go back and right. watch Leon versus Muhammad, and there's no way that you can be like, oh, Leon definitely would have won that. Like, right. Like, go watch right. the Leon versus Nate Diaz fight. Like, oh, yeah, like you were great until you weren't. And that's exactly what happened to Usman against Leon Edwards. So 
I think it's a whole just it's a mess. It's just a mess at 170. And then you got yeah. Shavkat trying to skip the line. And when he fought a Jeff Neal who had food poisoning reportedly, how does that fight go if Jeff Neal's healthy? I don't know. Maybe it goes differently. Maybe he doesn't finish him. Maybe Jeff Neal wins that fight. I don't know. I came out with more questions about Shavkat than answers, in my opinion. Yeah. Either way, though, that shouldn't be Muhammad's problem, that fight. Exactly. Right. Hopefully I mean, we I get, you should we'll, just we'll get all our questions answered next week. Exactly. All questions answered nine days from tonight. So we're going to back it up to the pound for pound. I don't like the goat conversation. I don't really like the pound for pound stuff, but bully, I just want to get your thoughts, right? So Volk, Volk did stay above Islam, if I'm not mistaken, but then, so John Jones right at the top. And I guess, look, I understand he's now a double champ, everything he did. You know, when John talks, my brother, John talks about, you know, if this was a basketball arena and you'd be hanging 14 banners in the bulls arena, that does move the needle for me. So, you know, I, hard to argue the pound for pound list. I could rip up and throw away, but bully your thoughts on him leaping everyone to the top yeah i mean i think he belongs there especially the way he won and after three years off and like people could see, keep comparing him to gsp when gsp did it but like mm -hmm. gsp left right afterward john jones is going to stay john jones is going to defend the title and he's going to be uh you know a stable at heavyweight like he, now he's already looking at the heavyweight goat who everybody thinks and they think it's steep so like that's what he's challenging out there gsp we know it was like one off he got the title now he's gone so he doesn't belong up there. So it's not the same comparison for John Jones, the way he won. I'm just happy that, you know, for me, it's, he's, I'll give him that he'll be the true number one pound for pound guy. We don't have to sit there and keep arguing with the Volk Islam thing, but uh, right. I know that ESPN still has Islam as number one. So that's funny. They, like <laughs> all these people have their different rankings, but trolling. it's thing. Nobody cares. I just think anyone that doesn't have John number one is trolling. They're just trying to get headlines and trying to get clicks. Like if, if you have, if, Game of Thrones, trial by combat. If you walk in and you say, hey, you can pick a UFC fighter to go out there and fight or you die, it's John Jones, and it's not even a question in my mind. It's not even close. But then I do think that there's an argument to be had for number two being Islam versus Volk in that scenario. But to argue that John Jones isn't number one, I think is ludicrous. Yeah, man. It, it, now that John Jones is number one, the trash talk is starting to come out. It's funny. And uh, he's starting to come back, pick at DC again. I'm like, bro, I want to see DC come back at heavyweight and, and fight him at heavyweight. Me too. I, I hear you, dude. Right? I said it to you privately. I was like, if I'm DC, I give Dana a call and I say, hey, what's the number? I mean, let's talk. Like, you know, let's put little Daniel's son through college. Like, you know, what, <laughs> what does that number look like? Because that, to me, is a legendary pay-per-view number. Like, that could do a top five number, whereas that's kind of reserved for Conor McGregor at this point. And I think the pay-per-view last weekend probably did good numbers from everything I was seeing. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the star power out there was crazy, man. Uh, like, Tom Brady was there, all these other guys. Tom Brady takes a picture with Islam, and Islam, like, tells Ali's just like, oh, brother, who is that? <laughs> like what? You don't know who Tom Brady is? Like, let me take the picture. <laughs> it is uh, amazing but, though. My business part, my business partner is from South Africa, and you can be sure he got came here a few years ago. He had no idea who LeBron James was. So, really? Yeah, man. Different world. Like, so yeah. you know. But does um, he know Drake is too pussy? Guaranteed, he does not either. Actually, you know. But, no. I bet he knows Oscar uh, Pretorius, right? The yes, uh, the quest. Yes. He does. Yeah. Is he in jail? I don't know. Um, um, but anyway, so I just wanted to have one last point about the, the Jones blades Miocic thing. Um, I mean, blades versus Miocic, I think is of heavily favored blades fight. So I don't, 
it's very interesting that Stipe is still getting this like goat respect. Like obviously, yes, he has the most title defenses at heavyweight. He beat Fabrizio Verdum in Brazil, which is arguably the last time that a heavyweight champion had a really strong, you know, grappling and wrestling base. Sure, Stipe is a wrestler, but his best wrestling performances against Francis when he didn't even know what a key lock was. So I, I think it's very interesting that like they're kind of putting that. Uh, prestige on Stipe still, even though he's he kind of got he got dethroned by DC. Obviously, yes, he won the title back, but the the road to DC or the road to Stipe still being the goat, I think, is a lot further away than maybe the promotion in things are going to make it look like. So, I do think Curtis kind of is getting the short end of the stick in that manner because that is the hardest fight for John Jones at heavyweight. Well, I was going to ask you. I mean, like, do you look at Stipe as the greatest heavyweight of all time in your mind? Um, I think Kane could have been, but yeah, when I'm looking at it now, I think it, it has to be Stipe. Hey, see, and you made the point for me because I can't get Kane out of my head when I think about Kane matching up against Miacic, but a lot of it does have to do with what you've accomplished. You know, Tom Brady's the most accomplished quarterback in NFL history. Aaron Rodgers has one ring. Uh, he has more talent, more, more fun to watch is, you know, as good in a lot of ways you could say, you know, so I don't yeah. know. It's a, it's what you accomplish, you know, and that's why John Jones, it's almost hard to deny him. Um, couldn't deny Alexa Grasso Saturday night, huh? So that was a great fight, man. So, you know, starts out, she had a good start. I thought physically she looked very capable to be in there, physically matching up with Valentina. Um, but Valentina definitely seemed to figure out her path to victory and was controlling the fight. One spinning strike attempt, and Alexa capitalizes, uh, chokes her out, face is white. Third champion for Mexico on the books right now. P.I. coming next year. What a night for the new flyweight queen. Yeah, honestly, that was crazy. I, for for me, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I really didn't think she had a chance. I knew that, you know, she had really good boxing, um, but we've seen her get controlled on the ground. We've seen her get kicked, and I thought that that's what Shevchenko would do, stay on the outside, kick her, stay out of boxing range, and then take her down. And she was doing a very good job of it. Even though Alexa, she, you know, she looked like she was in great shape. She stayed in front of her the whole time. It's not like she was giving up on herself. She was still in the fight no matter what. She was landing some good shots. Yeah. I, I think she definitely won the first round. So she did have her moments in the fight. I don't think it was like a dominant fight. And then all of a sudden she got lucky with that. She was in the fight the whole way through. But, you know, for Shevchenko, for, you know, fight IQ, when you don't need a spinning kick like that, especially you're moving backwards, you're, your back's against the cage. Like there, there's moments to do stuff, spinning stuff. There's right moments and wrong moments. And that was definitely a wrong moment. And for a champion like her to be so dominant for so long and it just showed like I'm looking at her now and I like we've seen her last couple fights where she's starting to show weaknesses she's starting to show a lot of error and I don't know if it's age or maybe she's these girls or other girls are catching up and they're working that much harder and she's not working as hard but these girls are caught these girls have caught up I think Alexa Grasso is tough and even if they do an immediate rematch I wouldn't put Shevchenko as a huge favorite when I first saw the the odds and I saw Shevchenko, you know, it was only 500. I was like, man, I don't know. I'll put it to a thousand. But now I'm looking at it like I would put Alexa Grasso as a favorite or just like a slight underdog if they end up doing a rematch. What's up, Cody? Well, I'm slightly jaded. I had a I had a tweet written that was like, you know, Valentina's going up 3-1. You know, I'm sitting on some parlay tickets with Valentina. I'm like, come on, like, let's just skate out this decision. And as you said, Bully, that's not the time to do that. She had done the spinning wheel kick earlier in the fight, and it was 
three times as fast. You do that in the fourth round when you're exhausted. And that is I essentially the only escape rope for Alexa is getting you out that way. And then you essentially open up the door to give her that one opportunity. I said it earlier in the fight as well. She had that um, flash. I think it was like a flash knockdown against Valentina. You only catch Valentina with those things once. She's downloaded it. You can't get her with that again. The only time you're going to beat Valentina is making a is when she makes a mistake like that. You capitalize, and that's exactly what Alexa Grasso did. And as you said, Bilal, it's showing kinks in her armor, and you have to wonder if the fact that you know I don't know where she's training, I don't know who her training partners are, but I don't think they were jumping on her back as ferociously as Alexa was in training, which is what you need to stay at the top of the sport. Yeah, I was training with the uh, the coach Hector Vasquez in uh, Vegas, and he usually does his camps with Valentina. But this camp, he said, I didn't, I couldn't work with her this one um, because I was mm. with Brandon Moreno and for Brazil, and then I came back and he works with a lot of Mexican fighters, and he's like, I don't want to be against Grasso, who's a you know Mexican uh, fighter too. So he stayed out of the line, and he said that like, I don't know who she was working with or who she did her jiu-jitsu with, but like if you're a Valentina, you're not gonna go in there thinking that. Grasso is going to go in there and catch you with a submission. I think you're thinking, oh, her only chance to beat me is to, to catch me with a punch somewhere in boxing range. But you're not thinking that. So it was cool to see Grasso working on everything. They planned that spin. They they seen that spin. They worked on getting through that spin. So it's always beautiful when you had the tape and then you show like, yo, I was working on this the whole time. And it's a, it's a different type of move. When people showed uh, Leon Edwards throwing the head kick, and they're like, oh, he was working on it. That's just like a normal head kick. That's what he always does, that head kick. But when you're planning for a spin that your opponent's going to do, that's something spe specific that you're working, working on. And it just shows that they're working scenarios every single time. They're working these different scenarios that Shevchenko could pull out in the fight. You know, it's just that amazing. Muhammad level <clears throat> fight tape. We know these champions, you know, it's like in, in football, right? You can run out the clock with a lead. You can take a knee. And it's like when you think about Izzy, uh, I think I'm thinking of the Pereira fight where if he got on a bike a little bit, where he's been criticized in the past. You even think about Usman, right? Just running around the cage a little bit and just getting out of any type of distance, right? And I'm not saying that this necessarily applies with Valentina because, Bilal, all your points are, are right on. Yeah. But it really is interesting with such little time left and clearly controlling it. It's not the worst thing to be conservative and and come out with the W sometimes, you know, and it's um that mental game, man, is crucial. Yeah, she doesn't exactly. have any late finishes either. You know, she's not What's known that? for having late, she's not known for having late finishes in her fights. All her finishes are early. It's not like that's something that she has in her arsenal, really. Like it really seems like it was just like a momentary lapse of judgment, which at this at the highest level of the sport cannot happen. You know, that's I'm sure Usman was watching that like. Yep. Happens to everybody. Happens to the best of us. Yeah. Well, you know, John always says like, the, and I think he said on the broadcast, nothing greater than them seeing a, a, a fighter realize UFC championship gold for the first time. I mean, imagine when bully has that strap, just going to be waterworks everywhere. Don't put yeah, any, don't put, don't put on John in the Keep booth. That. It's going to be waterworks. <laughs> me, and, me and Lou Taylor are going to be balling. You know, it's just going to see, I'm going to be there with Jason. Just, we're just going to be a complete mess. Yeah. But I might, I, get say, I might get arrested. I might hop that fence. What's up? The one thing that I want to say about 125, and it's interesting that Tatiana obviously fought recently, right? If I'm Tatiana and I'm sitting at home, I would much rather stay at 125 and knowing that I have a severe grappling advantage against both Alexa Grasso and Valentina Shevchenko than go down and have to face a Weili Zhang, uh, Zhang Weili, because 
I think Tatiana is going to be a double champion someday. Put it in the books right now. I think that she'll be a 115 and a 125 champion. But as it stands now, I would I would stay at 125 if I was her, and I would get that title shot sooner rather than later. Yeah, she was just, she was at the gym with us when we were doing the jiu-jitsu. Uh, her boyfriend, Patchy Mix, was there, and I was like rolling with him. I'm like, dude, he's a beast. He's very strong on the ground. And he's fighting, uh, you know, he's fighting Rafael. Mix, for right? the, yeah, he's fighting Rafael for the, for the title, and I was like, I got the feel for it. And then I told uh, – her, I'm like, bro, you got to get on the mic. You start talking trash to these girls, man, because like she has a win over Alexa Grasso already, and Alexa Grasso is a champion. She's like, no, I let, let my fighting do the talk, and I'm like, bro, no, you got to start just at least tweet. Give me your Twitter for a little bit, because you know, she's rolling with catchy mix every day. Her ground game is about to be another level, and we already know how good her wrestling is, how dominant she's been, and like you said, we now we see little chinks in Valentina's armor. We already know that Alexa Grasso has gotten beaten by Tatiana, but the thing I like about Alexa is she's getting better every single fight. And she's not saying the same fighter every single fight. You could just tell that she really yep. lives, breathes, and eats this sport. You know, we've seen I've seen her at the PI a lot of times, and now she's back in Mexico training with them. And you know, when you have three Mexican champions and they're getting portraits painted of them, it's it's a different thing when you have a whole country backing you up now. Now it's 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 a lot bigger than the sport. Bro, what you your I couldn't agree more. What, what your advice to Tatiana though is really like important, honestly. And like I know that you can say let your fighting do the talking. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. But if you're trying to even sell pay-per-views three, four years down the road that you're featured on, you know, like it, it really, she's such a wonderful human being and such a good fighter. It's like even, even you, and you can even talk shit in a nice way. You know what I mean? But you are right. Like man. Like, I would Blanchfield love to hear from her out there. Yeah. Yeah. The I, Aaron I Blanchfield way. That was, the, that was the way to go. Like, like little things. And Tatiana's good at it. Like, it's not like she's like, right. She's funny. Whenever you talk, you have a conversation with her. She's good. I'm like, bro, just let you, let it come out she's more. Awesome. And it, yep. it'll, it'll end up blowing up for her for sure. All right. Well, so and I skipping think over. The, sorry. Hang on one second. Yeah, I think the, un, the, the understated thing is I think with the setbacks that Tatiana's faced, I think mentally she's on a completely different level. Like to have to go through the setbacks that she has personally in the ring training, you know, re-injuring the knee, all of these things, like this is a steel trap at this point. Like that is something that I think can't be put onto paper and can't be understated for Tatiana. So uh, like I said, I think she'll be a double champ someday. And I, I just think that I would rather see it at 125 first than go and fight Zhang Wei Li. Cause I think Zhang Wei Li is arguably the best woman in combat sports right now. Yeah. And I might agree with Daniel Cormier that she's the best athlete he's ever seen ever man, woman, any sport. To, uh, yeah, sure. Lee. seriously. All right. We're going to skip Stop over trying. London. Maybe we'll talk about it next week when they fly Bowie first class in the lay flat to London from Chicago for fudge. Anyway, <laughs> Vegas 71 main event, Shilter Jan, Marab Dwalish Willie. So I've said it over and over again, and I'm not trying to be negative, but after that knee for Piotr Jan, it's like, I just don't think he's getting to the top of the mountain. I think the car, the world spun in a way where I just think it's going to be tough for him to get back to the, to the top. So his last four fights, so he had the DQ 
Then he has the close win over Sandhagen. Some people think Sandhagen won. Um, you know, then loses to Sterling, loses to O'Malley, a split decision. Tough matchup here against the Georgian Duwalish Willie. And I've said, you know, so eight in a row for Marab. And I've said this over and over again. I love the relationship with Aljo and Marab, but I love, I just, I would love to see the two of them face off and maybe it's never going to happen. I hope Aljo moves out of the way. Cause if Marab can get this done as a two to one, two and a half to one underdog, what else is there for him? Nine in a row. He's in the Benil Daryush Bilal Muhammad conversation. Like he's eight, nine in a row. You got to get a title shot here. You know, regardless of circumstance, Gilbert Burns, Usman faced anyway, bully. We are going to start with you. Piotr Jan, minus 275, Marab, plus 210. Who do you like in the main event this weekend? Yeah, man, it sucks if you're Peter Jan because, you know, you are on a three-fight losing streak, but and you're going against another monster right now. He's I, I don't care how good your wrestling is. Marab is still a, a hard test for anybody in the division, a guy that's just nonstop conditioning, a guy that's going to shoot on you 20 times. And if he can't take you down, he'll just push you and hold you against the cage. He's okay with that. We saw that with uh, Jose Aldo. The thing with this is, I don't know if the Marab is being a little bit too confident. I don't know if the moment's getting a little too big for him. He's trying to do a little bit, getting out of character a little bit, talking trash mm. to uh, Peter Jan a, a little bit. You know that Aljo won, and you're you're trying to say that I'm on the same level as Aljo, who's the champion. So you, you got a little bit of extra pressure on yourself to go out there and beat the same guy that your teammate fought. And if you're Peter Jan, it's like, yo, I lost this teammate. This guy stole my belt. Now I want to prove it. his best friend. I want to beat his best friend and kill his best friend uh, while he's sitting there in his corner. So there's two levels there. But seeing Marab yesterday at the, the conference and he was saying like, oh, let us do a conference, just me and him, just me and him. And I'm like, why are you worried about like talking right now? It's like, yeah, this is fight week. This is the time to, to fight. There is no need for no more talking or anything like that. There's no, it, there's, you don't need a buildup right now. This is a fight that people want to watch. So I don't know if he's just thinking about the wrong things right now. But Peter Jan, he needs this win right now. I don't know if I like, I just can't see him losing four in a row. And I know they were, his last fight was a close split decision. Uh, even that win with San Hagen was a close split decision. It could have went either way. So you're looking at it, it could be like a five fight losing streak for a guy that's good as Peter Jan. And I know the division is very good, but if you lose to Marab, you know, there's no more title talks for you. It's like looking at a different division. If you think you're going to be champion again, you have to start looking out of the direction. Striking wise, Pirion is definitely miles ahead of Marab. Marab throws a lot of stuff just to get inside and get a hold of you and grab you. And I don't think Marab's wrestling uh, groundwork is as good as Aljo, where he can control you on the ground and have those positions that he's so good at. Aljo was so good at holding him on his back and staying on his back like a backpack. Marab really doesn't have that. He'll take you down 25 times, but I mean, you're getting up 25 times. So Peter Jan better be in the right shape. To get up and then throw a knee, throw elbows, uh, because you know Marab's gonna try to stay in your face at all times. Peter Jan is, does have really good boxing, does have very strong hands. We've seen Marab get rocked a lot, and kind of like in a Marais fight where he he got dropped, but Mar difference between Peter Jan and uh, Marab is if Peter Jan hurts you, he's gonna finish you, and then he's not gonna let take his foot off the gas. Once he hurts somebody, he goes for the kill, and I think that he's gonna hurt Marab. Marab's going to get a little bit too wild, comes a little bit too wide with his punches, with his kicks. And I think that Peter Jan's going to end up catching him. I think we're going to get a finish here. 
I like a great breakdown. Um, it's very interesting when you talk about character and guys getting out of character. I think you mentioned something several months back with Brandon Moreno before a fight. You have a very keen eye for this. And I, I just think this is so important. You even think about John Jones with the tape job on the toes right before he went into the octagon. He didn't give a shit. Right. He didn't let that bother him at all. And, and he even spoke to John about that in the post show. Just like it, you, you can just sort of mentality is a big thing. And when you, man, honestly, I think he did it on purpose. I, I, I agree. Do, I think he did that on purpose, knowing that it was going to be a break. And then knowing that, you know, Cyril Gan went to the cage before him. And that's going to put extra, like, you know, when you're in there, you're watching, everybody's cheering for this one guy. It, it throws you off a little bit. You're like, wait, what's going on right now? Why is he like, dude had a literally a big glop of tape on his foot. And I'm like, right. It wasn't just, why do you think he was able to fight with that? I'm like, bro, that's like, there's no way. Well, and no attempt to use through. the, no attempt yeah. to use a sleeve either. You could easily put a sleeve over that. And no one would even know that that second tape is there. Yeah. Cause, like, cause I that's I why they got rid of it. I think that he did it on purpose. And I think that he plays these little mind games that people are talking about it and just little stuff, the way he talks, the way like, it's just a different war mindset with John Jones. And it was cool to see. And I'm starting to realize that these little tricks here and there and there, and these guys have a different mentality. When you're, when you're at that level and you're a champ, you, he pays attention to all these things. And he's, he'll say stuff like, Oh, this guy's playing video games while I'm watching his fight tape fight week. Right. There's a difference. And uh, right. people are like, Oh, what do you mean? Uh, Cyril Gunn just trying, you know, trying to get his head off the fight and everything like that. And trying to have fun. I'm like, bro, Look where fun got you. He got you tapped out in the first round. Dude, good shit. Coach. Just a little thing. He didn't do the crawl. He acknowledged the nut shot and like stepped away and made sure that it was noticed. Like, I mean, John Jones, it, it's hard to argue that he's not the smartest fighter of all time next to Bilal Muhammad, right? I mean, <laughs> no question. But with this fight, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm not biased. I talked to Ray Longo every other day. You know, we're, we're pretty tight. And I think that a big factor in this fight is the fact that it's at the Virgin in a small cage, 25-footer versus a 30-footer. The 30-footer, I think, benefits Piotr Jan a lot in this matchup. But I think, you know, Bilal laid out kind of the case for Piotr Jan very astutely, so I'm not even going to try and question that. My money is obviously going to be on Marab because I think the number's too long. I think plus 210 for this fight is crazy. Where I think it's plus 210 is because it's five rounds, 25 minutes where Piotrion can catch you. He's shown that he has one-punch knockout power and that he can put people out. Marab has shown that he can be clipped by those shots, and he is susceptible you know, maybe to a little bit of the top game. Where I am going to put my money is on the over 4.5 here. It's plus 205 or minus 205, but if you take that and with the over one and a half rounds for or over two and a half for Lipsky versus Aldrich down on the card, you're going to get about a plus 120 kickback. So that's what I'm thinking. I think this fight probably goes to a decision. I don't think Piotr can put Marab out. I think Marab's going to win, but I do think that it goes to a decision. So that's where I'm leaning there. But I do think that the cage being smaller is a bit of a factor here. So, yeah, Did Marab like goes whole uh, camp in Vegas? Like, was yes. he working with? I felt like I'd seen him there all the time. Or like on yeah, vacation with Al. Ray was hardly, yeah, he was hardly oh. in Vegas for this. And um, I think that for the most part, a lot of those guys are spending, you know, three quarters of their time in Vegas to the point where, you know, I've been telling Ray, like, hey, maybe it's time to open Ray Longo West, you know, open up a little 2,000 square foot facility somewhere with a padded room where you can just work out your guys, you know what I mean? And uh, another interesting point I think that you guys made is about the PI. I think the PI is a huge factor for, you know, fighters and athletes. If there was a PI in Chicago, you know, imagine how much help that would be. And now with three champions in Mexico, I will ask you guys this kind of just to close it out. Um, and I know you're going to go Jay, but 
what do you think is going to be if they go to Mexico City and they want to headline a fight? Do you think that it's more likely that they have Moreno versus Pantoja as the headline with Grasso Shevchenko Komen? Or do you think that they would bring Yair and Volk as a headline to Mexico rather than do it in America? Bully, go ahead. Uh, I think you go with Yair. I think Brendan, uh, he was saying that he doesn't like putting that extra pressure on himself fighting in Mexico. I think he likes fighting in Vegas hmm. and away from it. Because like I said, when you're fighting in your country, they have murals of you everywhere. Like the, it's it's a different type of pressure. Everybody's gonna be asking you for tickets. You know, you don't want that extra distractions on the side. So I think that a guy like Yair, who's fought there already, I think he's already been through it. I think he'll want to do that more. And I think Alexa Grasso, she trains out there. She'll she'll want to do that for sure. But I think Moreno, I think they, they they're good with two. I think with two, they'll definitely sell out any freaking arena they have in Mexico. I hope Volk comes right back to where he belongs and fights Yair. Like I, I'd like him to stay part of that. I I would like Yair to have that opportunity to face to face Volkanovski. Um, certainly Emmett, I just don't think was was on that level. Anyway, episode 93 in the books. Remember the show. We appreciate you all being with us. We'll be back with you next Thursday night. Hope maybe not. Maybe Bilal will be on a flight to London. Hopefully, that would make me happy. Anyway, for our director, Cody Merrow, and the great Bilal Muhammad, my name is Jason Anik. We appreciate you all. We'll see you next Thursday. Later. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate.